0: You are now tuning in to Lex and RDDC Broadcast Station, serving up on the double doses for us all. Welcome back to the Real Double Dose Channel. This is your host, Lex, coming to you straight from the heart where the talk is real and the vibe is always live. Like I like to say, for any show requests, feedback, or anything under the sun as you can think of and you have been, reach out to us at Real Double Dose Channel at Yandex.com. That's Y A N dex.com and let's not forget what it says and as well as checking out the real com, where you can find insights of our guest experts and interviews and so much more and just some goodies in between. Angela will be updating that with even more stuff to put out there as well in the about me section at the bottom of the blog spot with different links and you can also reach out as you have been and some of you who are new to the free PDF guides we have just to kind of get yourself a little bit more straightened out and ready to go um, as well as make sure you sign up for those travel and gift card giveaways and we want to say thanks to shelby for creating her gift card giveaway and being a part of that and her new trip coming up to jamaica so we're excited for that so all you and all those out there remember you can check out real Dose channel.com which will have the apparel store and our youtube channel that is going to be loaded up really nice i know i know it's been a long time coming but we have that going on so for tune in stitcher radio Spreaker.com, spotify iheart itunes as well as going on to pandora Box, we call it Google Cast, Deezer, Stitcher, and so many links that will be provided on the SoundCloud as well as the Blogspot and different other links out there. You can find us. You know what it is. So without further ado, we have our wonderful, amazing, and emotions doctor. I like to call him Dr. Ed Dobby. So Dr. Dobby, okay, PhD, don't forget that, is a psychologist and best-selling author. While well, he is now the emotions doctor, okay? Don't forget that. Growing up, he was the emotions avoider because in his family of origin, emotions were rarely expressed and opened, which we can all kind of, you know, get that in sync for. So, So while he learned in graduate school to clinically deal with the emotions of others, he was forced to explore his own emotions while auditing a drug treatment group during his training as a psychology intern so during his career as a clinical psychologist with the california department of corrections juvenile division he developed the emotions as tools and a model in order to efficiently and effectively address issues related to emotions as a therapist with adolescent females all with multiple abuse histories and different things going on with that and as a trainer with emotionally jaded correctional staff and he is on his journey to finally help all those out there who want to know more about Oh, hashtag themotionsdoctor.com. So Dr. Dobby and I got a chance to have some cool one-on-one time with Dr. Dobby. I want to rub that in a little bit. How are you feel? <laughs> How are you feeling, Dr. Dobby? Thank you for coming on here with us.
1: I am feeling great, Lex. Thanks for having me, and I'm looking forward to the show.
0: Yeah, I, I had to steal him a little bit, so I know we have uh, pre pre entry questions. And for all those who are there who are waiting and chomping at the bit for him, just remember we have to give everyone a chance to kind of get you know get dr dobby and you know this, this nesting area right now so we have those and tony's going to pass those over to me but without that we're going to learn more about dr dobby's intro of life so can you give us some more of your goodies of emotions and, and life journeys to where you are now and some of that good stuff
1: well I you know, thank you for that great introduction it, it's really interesting how i came upon the emotions as, as tools model as you said i in my family of origin we didn't deal well with the emotions, and when my mom died, my dad, whose generation avoided emotions, was crying, and he apologized to me for crying, and it just it, it was it was very strange to me. I was in graduate school at the time, and and I understood what was going on, but it just dealing with the whole issue with emotions was something that I wasn't good at, and I went to the Henry Olaf House, which you mentioned, and it was a, a group for treating alcoholics, and I had asked the head of the program if i could sit in on his groups and he told me no and yeah. i said well why not they said well because i don't want you sitting in i but you can be there as a participant observer and i said okay piece of cake i'm a graduate student and i don't have alcohol problems or drugs problems it's, it's no problem yeah. it took these guys it took these guys six months last week, six months to finally get through to me and they called me a non-drinking alcoholic
0: wow <laughs> because they,
1: they said we hide our, our emotions through alcohol. You hide your emotions by getting involved in your books. Ah. It, was, it was life changing for me. Wow. Because I never I never thought of that.
0: That just sacked so, my mind over I'm sorry. That whoa, whoa. Yeah.
1: They called me a non drinking alcoholic and they were absolutely right. Whoa. So 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 that got me, me started in terms of looking at, at emotions and I got better at it, but I still wasn't real good at it until I took my first job. And my first and only job was working with the California Department of Corrections juvenile division. We called it the Youth Authority at the time. And I was on a unit with young women who had committed serious crimes in California, including several who had killed their children. Yeah. And I had no no training whatsoever in how to deal with these, these young women. I was a graduate student. I was male. I was a young male at the time, about twenty-nine, and I just had no way to do it. So I had to figure out how I could help them understand what emotions were, and that's when I developed the emotions as tools model. I mean, they could understand tools. They didn't have cell phones back then, but they can understand what a sewing machine was, yeah. and they can understand what a TV was and a TV remote, and these are just tools. Wow. And then I was, and then I was put in a training situation where I had to train jaded correctional staff. We didn't want anything to do with emotions because they were messy and you couldn't deal with them. Uh-huh. So the, the emotions as tools model worked there as well because they knew how, they had to learn how to deal with their nightsticks and they had to learn how to deal with their handcuffs. Those are tools. Yeah. And so I, I developed the emotions as tools models to explain to not only the young women but the staff that emotions were not something that you had to avoid, which most of us do now. And that's when, when I retired, I wrote the Emotions as Tools book, which was my first book, to explain to other people how to deal with emotions because in our society, it's just not covered. Oh, there, isn't a pl- there isn't a place in school where we say, okay, class, this is what emotions are, and this is how we deal with them. So going forward, this is what you need to do. No, what happens in our society is we're taught, no, you shouldn't be angry, or no, you shouldn't cry. Yeah. Right? And so I needed a way to explain that emotions are just tools that you need to learn what they are, what they do for you, and how you can master them so that they work for you.
0: wow. I'm getting some really good, like... (laughs) i'm taking notes like i'm getting my 411 i hope all you out there who are getting dr dobby's wake up with 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 not emotional issues because i'm getting as much as i can i tell people my brain is absorbing this really really deep man like you know that's true and at the same time it's like you not knowing how to like basically get into the situation of things i mean that's heavy though like i was saying before we got on the show it's it's definitely super heavy and i was looking at i don't know why maybe it's a little thing but i'm looking at his crime documentaries, different things lately a lot and I was telling a lot of people, and people who know my journey, I mean it probably isn't reaching over. I deal with a lot of female, like one of the female side issues on an outer plane when they're out here Um, I'm getting into that delve even more with that because I can definitely get down a whole life path to where I've kind of lived maybe a hundred different people's lives Um, and typically you hear from one or two people I I can literally sit down and give about 50 descriptions of 50 people's lives and it gets to the point where these, you know, the men having such a clammed up emotion they have such a you know I'm not saying women some of them have their guard up too but the men the gentlemen that I get a chance to speak to behind those doors as well those walls that have uh, you know the locked up mechanism to where they just they almost feel like if they even let out a moment of emotions or even just got a snap. And the only thing that they say, I'm going to keep it bottled up because if I let it out, I'm going to hurt somebody. So I want to ask, why do people feel as though they're going to just completely explode in their emotions once they even let out a little bit of an emotion? Why do they feel anger is going to be the like the quickest wave that hits them if they open up? That feeling.
1: Oh, okay, let, let me, and I'll answer your question, but can I? Before I get into that, let me explain the emotional cycle and how emotions work. Is that okay?
0: Perfect. Yeah, tell me more. Okay,
1: here's here's what happens. We all are born with six primary emotions. If you have kids, you see it develop in your kids very early on. And those are mad, sad, glad, fear, disgust, and surprise. And so constantly now, and, and those emotions, by the way, most of them are threat detectors. And when we lived in caves, they protected us. Because all the threats that we came in contact with were going to kill us. They were they were physical threats. Today, most of our threats are psychological. So, and each emotion has. A message. So what happens is you see a threat. You perceive this subconsciously. It works automatically because you're constantly doing it. We all are. So you you perceive a threat, and a very fast message goes to the emotional part of your brain. It's called the amygdala. And that sets up your body for fight or flight. So that's unconscious. So the message of anger is that you perceive a threat, that you are stronger than, and that you can eliminate if you throw enough power at it. So now anger prepares you for battle. At the same time, a slower message goes to the thinking part of your brain so that you now have the ability to think about what's going on, to assess it, and to decide how real the threat is. So let's take a look at anger. Anger, as I say, the message is I perceive a threat up there that I can eliminate if I throw enough force at it. When you perceive a threat, Regardless of what it is, if you think that you can get rid of it, then you get angry. And in our society, men are allowed to get angry. Women are not, by the way. and You may find this very interesting. A few years ago, I went on LinkedIn to a women's forum, and I asked a question. I said, look, I'm a man. I'm just asking a question here. What happens to you when you express anger? I got over 2,000 responses, Lex. And what they said to me was, I as a woman can't express anger because when I do, I get labeled. I get called all kinds of names. I get demeaned. All of that. Yeah, absolutely. So Right. So if, if women understand, and I'll get to men in a second. If women understand that anger tells them there's a threat, then instead of expressing it, these are called display rules, instead of being able to express it directly, you need to use your anger and the energy it gives you to figure out a way to go around the threat and to eliminate the threat but do it indirectly. That way you as a woman still use your anger. It's still a tool. It's still telling you there's a threat and you're using that information and that energy to eliminate the threat. Mm -hmm. Now men, men tend to use anger as what's called a secondary emotion. Men tend to use anger to cover over feelings like anxiety, like hurt, like inadequacy, and men don't want to deal with those, so what they do is they deal with their anger. And and men say, okay, I can get angry because anger is empowering, but their anger is often inappropriate. The problem with that is that most people, and there's a myth that anger is always a secondary emotion, and it's not. Hmm. Anger is a primary emotion. It's there, and it's there for a reason. Wow. The other, yeah, the other challenge with anger is because it's so empowering, what sometimes happens is men will... Do something inappropriate like they'll beat up their wives or, or their spouses or they'll do something other something else is equally stupid and they blame their anger. They say, Well if I hadn't been angry I wouldn't have done such and such. Well that's true, but it's not the anger that made you do it. It's your decision to act on your anger in this particular way that led you to do what you did. Yeah. It's your responsibility because it's your behavior. Oh, preach again. Say. <laughs>
0: it is about the. Yes. And, I, you know, I was making that point too, Dr. Dobby, where I was, I think it was the other day. A lot of people, you know, they want me to transition into how their humanitarianism is. And I tell them I'm a nurturer. But when I get into the part of what's naturally given to them and what's me, I misconstrue it with always trying to make an excuse for people. And that's what I had dealing with. It was always like, well, I got angry and this is what happened because I was angry. It was the anger's fault, not mine. If I hadn't been angry, I wouldn't have done such and such. And I'm like, "Okay, so if I go throw a cream pie in your face, oh, it, it was the reflex of anger. No, you did it, Lex. You did it. I'm like, well, you just told me that it was anger's fault. So that makes perfect sense. <laughs> All that to get to what I was saying that makes perfect right. sense, yeah.
1: But there's there's two parts to that, Lex. The first is that it's true. If you hadn't been angry, you would not have done it. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely. But what they what but the leap that they make from that is that the anger caused them to do it. And that's not true.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly.
1: Because when you are angry, you always have a choice. The best way to look at that is look at your smoke detector in your house. You're having dinner and the smoke detector goes on Right? Now the smoke detector says there's a fire somewhere. But you don't automatically call the fire department. No, what do you do? You look around, you see, and you notice the toast is burning. So the smoke detector tells you that there's something that needs your attention and then you decide how you're gonna use that information. It's the same way with your emotions as tools. Your emotions as tools, anxiety for example, is a future based emotion, the message of which is there may be a threat out there. Mm -hmm. Not that there is, but there may be. So once you experience the emotion, now it's up to you to use your brain to say, wait a minute, how real is the threat? What do I need to do? Yeah. Maybe I don't need to do anything. That's true. Or maybe I need to take some actions to, as my students say, I get anxious about tests. Well, then study for the test.
0: So that, absolutely.
1: <laughs> if, you're, if you're angry, maybe you're angry because somebody looked at you funny and they weren't even looking at you. They were looking past you wow. or they said something that you thought was a threat. Maybe they didn't mean anything by it. Or maybe we were kind of searching for a problem, too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So once you experience the emotion, use it as a tool, strategically deploy it. What I mean by that is to use that energy and apply it where it needs to be applied to get the job done. If the job is to eliminate a threat that's a real threat, then use all the energy you have. If somebody's about to attack you, then use all that energy to beat the holy jeepers <laughs> out of them. Hold
0: that guacamole over
1: <laughs> Exactly. But if this, the threat is that, that somebody said something that you found offensive, then you can question them. Well, hey, you know, what do you mean by that? Oh, well, I, I really didn't mean anything by it. I didn't realize that's how I was coming across. Yeah. Now, now you've used your anger as a strategic tool to give you direction on what you need to do, and you've chosen a way that doesn't hurt you and doesn't hurt them and solves the problem. Does that make sense? Oh, man,
0: that's beautiful. And I like the smoke detector, too. That breaks things down so extra even keel because, you know, you you said you don't just automatically jump up and start calling, oh, there's a fire in the house. You try to seek out where the smoke's coming from or what the alert's coming from. Is it a false alarm? Um, Or Yeah, yeah, or you're just, okay, well, let me see if the fire's big enough to need help with um, on some scales. Because if it's just something that's on the stove, you could possibly put it out. But if it's something to where half of your living room's burning down, you know, hey, fire department. Okay, call the extinguisher. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's it, the feeling, the feeling of having that, I mean, it, it helps people get the redirection of what they're trying to not. Cause I, I see for myself and you know, RDC family that you guys have, I know you're going to give me your opinion no matter what, but I'm just going to say that I've, I've noticed myself personally and my factual opinion that different ones and different people, even myself, sometimes I didn't want to deal with the point of actually knowing I had to deal with something. And I allowed myself to be stuck in a zone. Um, and I can't say all the way, but to a good percentage where I wanted to. And I remember when I had my spiritual transition or my spiritual death is pretty much what it was in California and the rebirth three days later, it was kind of different because I remember when I was like sitting there still trying to sift through this new being that I am. everything tasted smelled, looked different everything was just completely different like I had just taken over a whole new body a whole new wow. spirit in this mind and my mom had told me something where I was like yeah well you know I don't know I was kind of self-loathing like wallowing I should say wallowing and nothing and she goes look snap out of it Lex like you are choosing at this point to be where you want to be emotional I was like okay well I know this is the truth I told myself inside I know I have to assess this and deal with it and I should but I I'm gonna just go over here and just whine about it a little bit more. Or whatever people's words want to put on it. Sometimes we just rather what do you call that? Fear of the unknown. Uh fear of fear of the unknown versus the knowns. I knew how to deal with those emotions unwillingly. And I knew how to deal with them in a not straightforward path. But I was still like, Oh, well, the unknown of it is and I would put that quote better unknown as a fear
1: factor. Yeah. So. Hey, let, me, let me explain something that's a misunderstanding. There's a difference between fear and anxiety. Yeah. Fear, and, and, the, and when somebody says, I'm afraid of the, the unknown, what they're really saying is they're nervous or anxious about it. Uh-huh. Fear is the feeling that you get when you're inside of a, a, a parking structure, and you're by yourself, and it's at night, and you hear noise. The yeah. message of fear is there's a threat out there and it will kill me. Yeah. The mess. The message of anxiety is there may be a threat. It's a future based emotion. Fear is a present here and now emotion. There's a real threat and I need to be on guard about
0: it. Yeah, like so the false evidence appearing real. That would go more towards anxiety. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like yeah, like you said, if it's anxiety is something we're fearing the future of something happening versus a fear on point for the threat or maybe double bladed there. You know.
1: No, you're, you know, you're right. And see, if you feel fear, get out of the situation and, and assess it later. But anxiety is different uh-huh. because there's, there's two parts to anxiety. There's anxiety as what's called eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. And that's where you use the anxiety as a motivator to take action. Like my students preparing for the test. Or if I'm anxious about an upcoming interview, then I want to prepare for the interview. What happens with people with anxiety is they experience anxiety as distress, D-I-S-S-T-R-E-S-S. And that then, what it does is they just want to go and sit in the couch and suck their thumb. It, it totally discombobulates them. They, they can't move. But it's the same emotion. It just depends on how you use the information that it's giving you. Yeah. If you understand that anxiety is a future-based emotion and, and what the message is, you now can use it as a tool and the energy it gives you to take effective action. That's how you strategically deploy anxiety.
0: Couche. Everyone, I got my pen. We're writing that down. <laughs> and I <laughs> I hope they can and don't worry for all those out there who haven't got a pen, or if you're driving, if you're at work, whatever you might, wherever you might be, remember there is going to be um with Angela uh Angel. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> oh my god, don't kill don't kill me, Tony. Um you see that's an emotion you gotta deal with there. <laughs> But at the same time, he'll be having that downloaded version come out with the schedule. Uh, what's happening? So don't you don't worry. So if someone shares and says, "Hey, live stream was awesome today." Don't start getting any emotional hate mail. Okay, I'm just saying <laughs> I got to teed and prod them a little bit on there. But at the same time, we have a couple questions for you, Doctor Dobby. And so far that I've gotten from Tony, I just decided to take these first because everyone knows they could either email us with some of those, or we could forward them over, or we could have part two series. Okay. So we have, and this is from let me look at this little pad here, he sent it to me. Okay, this is from Samuel. Very nice name, Samuel. Thank you for tuning in with us on our live. This is Samuel from Tennessee. Okay, so he goes, Dr. Davi, how okay, how do I handle an emotional atmosphere? with family and they don't want
1: to check their emotions oh touche okay that's a really good question samuel and while i haven't covered this in my two books because i'm anticipating writing a third (laughs) i will give it to you here i call it the, the basic relationship rule and it goes like this and i'll say it slowly so you can get it everybody in every situation does the best they can Given their model of the world and their skill sets, ah. let me let me repeat that again. Everybody in every situation does the best they can given their model of the world. That is how they see what's going on and their ability to deal with what's going on. Their skill sets. Oh. Now, if you want, if you understand that, then that enables you with your family to do two things. First of all, you won't get upset. By by what they're doing, you'll understand it because this is the best they can do. Not the best possible, by the way, but the best they can do. So if this is the best they can do in the situation, then are they not understanding what's going on? Or are they just not capable of dealing with it? Now, if you understand that, then we go into the emotions as tools model. Whatever emotion they're expressing tells you how they perceive what's going on. That's their model of the world. If they're expressing anger, then what they're perceiving, they're perceiving you and what you're doing or something else as a threat. If they're nervous about something, then there's a future threat. So that's how you look at it. So now you understand that this is the best they can do in that situation. You understand what they're feeling because they're showing you with their emotions. And then you can choose how you want to intervene or, or what you want to do. If there's something you can do, because I don't know what emotions they're expressing that you're concerned about. It wasn't in your question. But having said that, let's say it's anger. You can then say, you know, hey, John, what's going on? You seem angry to me. And then let John say whatever it is that John says. Now, you don't argue with John because you just want to find out where John's coming from. So that is how you would deal with that situation. Instead of getting angry back, which is what we automatically want to do, you say to yourself, wait a minute. I don't know what's going on here. I, I, I need to find out. I need more information. Because if you get angry, now what you're saying is, your emotions are telling you, I see John as a threat. Well, John may or may not be a threat. Remember, this is the best he can do. This is the best he can do in that situation. So if now you approach your family from the position of, I want to understand, that will help you get along with them better. Does, does that make sense? Uh-huh.
0: Okay, so he's sending, uh, he's sending a follow-up with Tony um, based off of that. So he said, Uh, What he means by emotions is when his family uh, are upset, they seem to just automatically go straight for the Hulk. Throwing things, cursing, hitting doors, and it seems like everyone, including his grandmother, has the same uh, reaction. Um, And he seems to be the most calm as one because they all attack him on that level and he never attacks back on their level. Okay, two things. In a nutshell.
1: (laughs) In a nutshell. Two things, Samuel. What you may have to do is you may have to leave the room. If you've got five hulks coming at you, the best safety thing for you is to leave the room. Absolutely. Not to, not to attack that. And then come back at it later on when they've calmed down and say, hey, you know what happened in there? What was going on that you, you went hulk on me? Yeah. I want, I want to understand. And if you come at them later, once they've calmed down, for a level of understanding. Not a level of attacking or accusing, but a level of understanding. You'll defuse them. Now, let me give you something else, Samuel, that you might find very interesting. When somebody is yelling, the best thing you can do is to whisper. Ah. And, here, and here's why. When they're attacking you and yelling at you, now I don't know if this will work with five people at the same time. You may have to do it one-on-one. You can experiment with it. But when they're yelling at you, they're expecting you to yell back at them. And when they, you do, now it escalates. You yell, they yell louder, they you, and so forth. The best thing for you is to whisper. You can say to each, in, a, in, a, in a, a whispery voice, what's going on? but whisper it. And what's going to happen is they're going to have to stop yelling at you because they want to hear what you have to say in order for them to yell back at you. And when they lower their voice, now you can say in a regular tone of voice, what's happening here? Absolutely. But so yeah, when they yell, you whisper. When
0: they yell, we whisper. There we go. I, you know, I had to say we because I had to learn I've had that, too. And honestly, I'm glad that Samuel brought that up because it just sparked my memory. I was wondering when I was drinking my coffee this morning, I was like, why do I feel agitated? And I'm like, (laughs) I woke up in the harmony of just closing my eyes and thanking the creator for breath to breathe. And I'm like, oh, I looked at my phone and there was a call that came in at three something in the morning that woke me up uh from one of my friends from the reservation i call him a friend because he doesn't act like a cousin um from the reservation and he was just calling me just to have a little attitude with you know some things that we had talked about before he went to a church meeting the night before and i was sitting there i'm like whoa you called me at three something in the morning to express your feelings and i just remember he was antagonizing me and i was like completely drunk sleep. asleep and I just remember him saying, OK, well, have a good night. Click. And for some reason I went right back to sleep. I woke up and I was like, man, he was yelling and just being all argumentative, Hulk style argumentative. OK, Samuel. And it got to my point. I mean, I couldn't even I didn't get to that motion to deal with until right now. So that was actually really refreshing because I'm like, why do I, why did I feel really irritated when I woke up? And I'm like, I just remembered it right now. I got it and my sleep interrupted with a family member who had a Hulk attitude. And they decided to call me in the middle of the night and tell me how they felt about it for four minutes and 58 seconds. So <laughs> that's what happened. But it's good to assess that. And we should not be, like Dr. Dobby was saying. If you see that happening, whether your dad's jumping in, your mom, your sister, your grandma, look, you have to remove yourself from the situation as respectfully as possible. I know some people get upset even more if a person wants to remove themselves, but let's, you know, kind of do your thing and be like, okay, all right. And use the whisper. I mean, that's that's the truth. When I'm like, okay, I don't know why you're upset. Uh, okay, but what happened? You know, I When I calm myself down, like you were saying, Dr. Dobby, it definitely helped. The situation completely changed its whole dynamic. Um, and I didn't have all that backlash, like, right away.
1: Yeah, let me give you another tip, this will also help Samuel. Let me give you the difference between why and what. Most people will ask the question, why are you doing this? Why are you upset? Parents will ask their kids, why are you angry or why did you do that? It's a very dangerous question, and here's the, here's the reason for that. Most behavior is multi-determined. I mean, it's caused by a whole bunch of different factors. And when you ask why, the other person isn't quite sure how to answer that. So instead of asking, why are you angry? You ask, what? What are you angry about? And that's the information you really want to have. Ah. What, did you, what did you intend to accomplish by that? What was going on? And it's a question that Most people will be able to answer, not everybody, because not everybody is in tune with what's going on. But if you ask why, it can be confusing. So you ask, what? What are you upset about? What's happening? What's going on? What are you thinking? What would you like to have happen here? It's a very different question, and it's a question that will get you the information that you're seeking. Why won't always get you to that question, to that answer. Wow, Yeah what
0: i noticed when i was using more of the what like what are you so mad about like why are you upset yeah it did help a lot with why are you pissed off why are you mad it was what are you so upset about like what made you feel like this and brought you to this place and i had a lot of gentlemen now uh and i, I you know I, I have my i call it the hearts movement that we're doing but they'll they'll write in or some of them will email in and say you know what uh lex i got a chance to really look at How did I get myself there and what thoughts were going through my head and for what reason? I'm like, wow, they really broke it down to where they were scientifically taking that time uh, to get those things going on. Like, okay, I was upset. And nowadays, too, I mean, I have to understand. I understand. A lot of people have to understand, too. I still have to look at two fine lines because. We do have, uh, you know, social media, uh, just our YouTube videos, TV shows, whatever it is, to distract some of those and suppress them. So a lot of us, uh, and I've had feedbacks where people say, I was upset the moment the movie got off. I was like, OK, but then I got angry again. And I'm like, because we kind of suppressed them in a very, you know happy or non-toxic way happy movie or crazy action movie whatever it might be it was still sitting there underneath the surface ready to come out just because you put antibiotics on a very deep infectious wound does not mean it's going yeah it might clear off the germs on the surface but underneath you still have the infection happening i mean that's the truth i mean i started looking at that like the pus all that stuff i know it sounds gross but all this stuff happening is right underneath the surface, and that's where it comes out. You can't see things happening until sometimes it's right in front of your face, whereas that happens. Yeah.
1: Right. And, and see, there's another concept, and I don't talk about this in my books, but I do talk about it, um, on my blog, theemotionsdoctor.com, and it's called mindfulness. And what often, and that's being in the moment. It's not, a lot of people think of mindfulness, meditation, and all that. That's not what I'm referring to. What I'm referring to is, being in the moment, because sometimes if you've got issues from the past that you're still struggling with, then that may lead you to perceive somebody else's actions as a threat when it really isn't, because you're not perceiving them for who they are in the moment. I'm not saying this is always going on, but it's something to be aware of. So if, if for, for Samuel, if Samuel was holding on to stuff from the past, thinking, well, you know, every time John opens up his damn mouth, he just, he goes ballistic on me. So now John goes to say something, and his voice is a little bit elevated because he's excited or whatever. And Samuel, and I'm not saying you're doing this, Samuel, but I'm saying it's something to look at. Are you coming into that situation already prepared to go to battle because of what's happened in the past? If you are, that's that's not being mindful. It's not being in the moment. So the first thing you want to say is, I need to be in the moment. I need to look at what's actually going on here. Then everything else that we said earlier can now come to play. Uh-huh.
0: Wow. That's really deep. <laughs> wow. Okay. Let me take that note. <laughs> let me get my goodies, people. I got goodies coming over here from Dr. Dobby. Look, I'm not going to let that pass me by. All right. This is stuff to assess. And this is real homework. This is real inner self mental homework this is stuff you can pass along this is like the gold diamond mine and that's why i have to tell people all the time like it's it's a whole different why why are you such a sponge and i tell them like knowledge doesn't do you anything if it's not the right knowledge and it's not applied in the right areas it definitely helps you you could learn everything but this helps exactly what the mission i'm on every day but that wow samuel you got the whole cookie jar stop (laughs) we didn't even bring the milk out dr all right we didn't bring that but you know what that's good okay so i guess he gave tony a thumbs up emoji cool all right, right. well you know what, sam you just keep hanging on and then don't forget we got you know different things coming up but well, we're gonna get to the next one and that is our wonderful family and Ruth oh well thank you Rucha she's been tuning in for the last several months well we thank you either way and she goes hello Dr. Dobby I wanted to know oh she's from New York okay shout out to New York um and she wanted to say what if it's a work environment that is okay so okay sorry (laughs) Tony didn't put that right say it right okay so she's saying basically What if it's the environment of work that people are, oh, okay, so the people in charge at work are the ones with anger problems. So she feels like she's in jeopardy of losing her position, which she really loves her job of 15 years uh, because she cannot help, or every time she tries to help her, what do you call that? superiors? I don't like using that name, but her managers and so forth, they kind of freak out on her and therefore it's a spiral effect for her when
1: she leaves work. Wow,
0: that's pretty, that's, that's a lot of, I mean, to deal with that with your income source,
1: yeah, that's yeah, that's not cool. That, yeah, that that's not cool at all. Uh, great question, Ruth. Uh, let me give you a little background. A couple of years ago, I went on to a LinkedIn forum for women and i very clearly said look i'm a man and i'm just here because i want to ask this question what happens to you when you express appropriate anger in a work setting i got back 2000 responses and basically the gist of these responses was i as a woman cannot express anger because when i do they call me the b word they put me down they say i'm hormonal all that kind of stuff so the men in the work setting were not able to deal with the appropriate anger expressed by a woman and here's what i su- here's what i suggested there's two things going on with anger first you need to understand about anger as i said that you perceive a threat and in the case you've described the threat is probably real there are what are called display rules and display rules for women say you can't get angry because whatever reason that's a display rule however you can still use the energy of your anger to make a plan to deal with the situation that you're facing and here's how you do that let me see if I can, can clear it up for you you take a project manager a management approach to it as if you were dealing with a project at work your boss gives you a project you need to have a paper out or you need to have this done by such and such a time what do you do Well, you sit down you say this is the task I have to do these are the timelines this, these are the resources that I need and you lay all that out so now you take on your superior as a project, and I'm assuming you have to work with this these people. So now you look at them and you say, okay, what's going on? Remember, they're doing the best they can, given their model of the world and their skill sets. So if somebody is expressing anger to you, what is he? what does he see going on? And you may say to them, you know, John, what is, what is it that you want from me? What, what is it that I need to do here? You seem to be upset with me for some reason. Again, you're not blaming. or it's, it seems that from, it, it seems to me as I'm looking at you that have I done something wrong? Now, you can also apologize, but let me explain something about an apology. You don't have to apologize, because women tend to apologize too much. At least that's what the literature suggests. And I don't want you to do that. When you apologize, you can say, look, I apologize if I've done something wrong. Please explain to me. You're not saying you did something wrong. So you're not apologizing for having taken the wrong action, because you may not have. You're apologizing for any possible misunderstanding of what you may have done. Uh-huh. And, you, and you can do this for each person that you have to deal with. What is the emotion they're expressing? What's going on? What is their model of the world? What do they see happening here? How do they understand me in this context? Do they not know how to deal with me? That's a skill set issue. Do I need to ignore the anger and possibly focus on the project at hand? That is, whatever it is that you and your boss are discussing. But you always remember that your anger is very appropriate. You're just changing how you display your anger and how you use the energy of the anger. Don't put down your own anger. You're entitled to that. But then approach each individual in terms of what you need to do with them to help them deal more effectively with you. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, yeah. That makes perfect sense. I like that, too. I mean, it's a good model. All right. So, tell, yeah. Oh, okay. So he, she's saying the thumbs up. She says she works with them. Was that ruth works with them uh minimal five days a week and they're about nine hour shifts so that's pretty yeah i said a lot of time with them (laughs) that's a lot of time to deal with someone okay so okay so the other one her follow-up sequence from that that tony just sent over is when she's basically um trying to assess what the problem is it seems though they want to um Let her know that she's going to be losing, potentially losing her position, because she hasn't lost it yet, Uh, her position if she... Makes them angry anymore. So she kind of just keeps quiet and like goes in her little work corner. And that's, I mean, that's almost a, a work abuse almost because if you feel like you can't even, you know, breathe or peep or say anything and you have to kind of like cower, that's not, I mean, I'm sorry, Ruth, but that's not healthy. I mean, that's to no, that, be a lot to deal with where you can't even express to them, hey, did I do something wrong or, or hey, can I help with something? And they kind of lash out. There really should be reporting. I'm just saying, hashtag tell them to come look me up if they want to say who said it. I'm Alexa saying they should be reported for that because you should not i mean if you want to do it discreetly if you want help with that let us know but at the same time no that that's not okay to fear being at home having a, a life of what you have to deal with and being scared to die. i mean scared of your your work environment that is scary that is scary
1: it, it is and if it approaches that then she needs to take other action to deal with that work setting and, and there's no good answer for that other than what you said, Lex, to maybe help her work some kind of complaint or, or whatever it happens to be. I mean, what so you said
0: of- was perfect. I just was like, I mean, that's what we just found out. I mean, what what Dr. Dobby was saying definitely applies to a lot. I mean, probably 90 percent, if not more, of what's going on for the questions having. But from her giving us more of that information of saying, wow, nine hours, you have to literally cower from this person for several hours a day. It's kind of like, well, either that's something really deeply rooted um, as well as in yourself, because it takes a lot to kind of get to that conditionary state from past regressions, different things that happen to where. You feel from female, she said female and male managers, that you can't speak your mind and you kind of, I don't know what that's about, but that yeah, that's pretty, that's very deep. Very deep, yeah. It is, and, and she,
1: she needs to, and Ruth, what you need to do is remember, don't take on their emotions. Emotions yeah. can be, emotions can be contagious. Don't take on their emotions. Understand that this is their issue. Now, you, you have to deal with it, as we talked about, but this is the best they can do in the situation. And if you're looking at it, you can look at them in your mind and you can say, you know what? You're not very good at what you do. Yeah. And your, ang- your anger is in a trouble. Now, you don't say this. <laughs> Boy, I'm backing you up here. Yep, that's right. <laughs> right. But in, in your mind, this is how you can look at them. And then what you do is you change your anger to pity. Uh-huh. Pity, is an, pity is an emotion which none of us like to, to have directed towards us because it tends to put us down. When, when somebody pities us, they're basically saying they think they're better than, than we are. Uh-huh. And in this particular case, you may be. So what you feel toward them is pity, meaning, you know, you, you poor little kid, you're, you're you're showing this anger, it's not appropriate. And when you pity them, that will enable you to keep to lower your own arousal, your arousal from your own anger, and to, to see in the moment that they're not being appropriate, And in your particular case, you can remain calm in their presence and do the other things that we suggested. If you have a chance later on, you can say to them, hey, you know, what was going on? What do I need to change? I really like my job. I really want to stay in this work setting. And I just don't understand what it is I need to do to improve. Wow. But you don't you don't do that when they're angry. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And if you feel pity towards them, you won't get upset with them. Yeah.
0: And if you, I mean, especially to be there for what, 15 years, she said, I think that's a long time to deal with that. Okay. So the, oh, the management's been there for seven years. Okay. So, well, almost half your time that you've been there. And they basically got like that after the first six months of being settled in. I mean, that's something they have to deal with too. Or maybe their superiors are doing something to where they, they feel comfortable enough to display that manner or mimicking what the mannerism they have or something going on at home to where they don't feel like they have the authority to bully somebody. I'm just saying. I've dealt with situations like that where people really, really feel above someone to come and just be angry at work and just take out all their frustrations from home. And it was a complete mayhem situation so yeah Ruth we thank you for that and just let us know um, as well if you need any help with getting us together uh, any kind of sound measurement for anything about let us know Dr. Dobby as well we'll have his information up on the blog permanently um, when this rolls out with whatever's going on and before that so we have our next wonderful RDC family and this is oh, it's kind of cute (laughs) I have this problem too Jessica don't worry so this is Jessica calling from Dublin or coming in from Dublin so shout out to dublin i can't wait to visit there one day and she goes hello lex and dr dobby hi, hi. <laughs> hello from dublin hopefully we'll come over and have a cup of tea <laughs> i would love to come over there and just say what's going on my friends were waiting um so she goes what if your emotions are turning into habits that are habits that you seem to enjoy i.e i love chocolate bars and munching and everyone tells me it's a bad habit but it helps me soothe my emotions that's pretty good very very cool okay i mean i have that problem too lately i'm not a chocolate lover dr dobby but i seem to go get hershey's bars and nibble on them or i'll have something i'm nibbling on and i'm like why am i doing this and then i realize i was upset about something so jessica thank you for (laughs) tony had to give a little green light on that one um thank you for saying that so dr dobby can kind of give us some insights on that so yeah (laughs)
1: that's a complicated question
0: (laughs) she's enjoying her habits so she's enjoying the habits she wants to know maybe she wants clarification is can she just have like a a guilty pleasure that's what it sounds like to me a guilty pleasure
1: (laughs) well yeah. challenges with eating too much chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean if you eat too much chocolate and you put on weight, that's another issue. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so that's the rest of it. Okay, so Tony just sent that over. She just put I e gained ten pounds in nine months. Okay.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So eating chocolate is not a a healthy way to deal with anxiety. No, no.
0: I mean I'm not that guilty. I'm guilty a little bit, but come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. I got gotcha. Here Here's here's the thing with with habits. The reason why we have habits is because they help us to to be more to efficiently use our time. And the example of a positive habit is, for example, I don't know uh, if I'm bald now, so I don't have. This doesn't apply to me. But when I had hair, I would get into the shower and I would put on my shampoo. And later on, I couldn't remember if I had put on shampoo or not because I did it habitually. Mm. it became became automatic and and that's okay if it deals with shampoo it's not okay if i'm driving to work and i don't remember what route i took to get there because i was driving on automatic
0: yeah yeah very true okay
1: it also isn't good if i'm eating chocolate automatically whenever i get anxious Uh uh-huh yeah because that again has issues other issues now, if it's anxiety, the way to deal with anxiety, is, as I mentioned before, the message of anxiety is there is a future possible threat. When you feel anxious, Jessica, you need to ask yourself, before now, before you go to the to eat the chocolate, and I need to put it, a preference here, a, a preference by saying, it's going to take time to break that habit. Oh,
0: yeah. And hey, you okay. know what? And, and, like, Tony, can you, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but Tony, can you just ask her, um, I mean, she wants to update Just ask her what does she feel kind of triggers her to kind of do that? If she can yes. catch it. Yeah, because I was wondering about that, Dr. Dobby. I was like, I want to know because I, I could say for myself, but I don't want to, you know, obviously project that on her. But, okay, so she, ha- she has a couple chocolate bars and a couple bag of crisps. I think they call them crisps. Right, crisps? Okay. Chips is what we call them. crisps. I can't say it right. Uh, she has that. So she said within a day, 20, okay. Within 24 hours, she can have maybe about six chocolate bars and two bags of crisps. Um, and she noticed it, it comes on more so if her mother's calling, because uh, her dad is ill, um, or if she has someone from the past kind of call, she's almost anticipating them to call and like be rude or mean to her. So basically, like you said, anxiety or fear of something, potentially happening to that point yeah
1: right okay so then the way to deal with anxiety as a future threat is to prepare for that possible threat if she if she knows mom's going to call and it has to deal with dad then she needs to take a deep breath before she picks up the phone to mom or before she starts to engage with mom and needs to say okay i need to stay calm and find out what's going on with dad because if she's anxious, she's not going to be able to deal with mom and dad anyway. She's going to be so nervous, she's not going to be thinking straight.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because when Tony, okay, the additional message from that is she 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 said she sees the rappers once she's finished. So therefore, I believe Dr. Dobby. She's saying in the in the moment of it happening, she could have a little nibble here and there. But once it does happen, especially for her family, she actually. Doesn't even know, quote, i.e., quote, that she has all those wrappers sitting
1: by her. So she's nibbling away while her mother's yes. on the phone. Wow. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So she needs she needs to take the the crisp and she needs to take the chocolate and she needs to either get rid of it or put it in her drawer, put it away, and not let herself do that. Yeah. And and, and, and when she does this, she's going to feel even more anxious because now you've taken away her, her security blanket. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, Jessica, we've taken away your security blanket, so if it's not there, you're going to think, oh, I'm really nervous, and I I, I can't deal with it. And your tendency is going to go into an anxiety spin, at which point you need to to, uh, begin to practice and think ahead of time. Think before the phone call. Think when my mom calls, I'm going to take a deep breath first before I do anything. I'm going to remind myself to continually stay in the moment. She can even write out on a pad of paper, stay in the moment, stay in the moment, take a deep breath, and look at that as she's on the phone with mom or before she even answers the phone.
0: Oh yeah, that's perfect. Okay, so okay, well, we'll just take this because we had we do have. <laughs> no, we do. We can have the rest of her question. So she was saying, if uh, I guess she just passed over, if she has a healthier choice, um, like carrots and dip, um, is that any better for her nibbling, or she should just stop the nibbling altogether for preparation? Oh
1: no, she can use carrots as as kind of a of a, of a bridge to get her past needing to eat. Oh, good. And then she, she, yeah, she can do that. She can use carrots as a bridge. Carrots don't have as many calories in it. But still, she needs to deal with this psychologically. Uh-huh. And the carrots may be a bridge to help her do that. Eventually, once the psychological stuff gets in, she can get rid of the carrots.
0: Yeah, that is true. That is very true. Because if it's not that, then it'll be something else. And I'm just going exactly. to say it'll be I mean, your friends wanting to go have a glass of wine. It'll be something else that, you know, a dependency basically. So it's like if yeah. a kid getting off of a pacifier. A lot of your parents have that problem too. Like, okay, it's pacifying me because if you, I'm just saying like, I can, I'm not really a huge chocolate fan. Uh, mine is more of a drinking smoothies or drinking uh i used to be diet soda now i just drink a little gatorade water but at the same time like if you have that to where you can go through six chocolate bars and i'm not judging you Jessica. don't get me wrong i'm like <laughs> six chocolate bars and a couple bag of crisps and you're still you know feeling that if your mom called three times in a day I mean, that would be six twelve. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff. And you have to think about what it's doing to the impact of you and your sugar and your brains, because you're also getting, yeah, you're getting that. And you're going to remember your mother and them triggered off by that too, because it's not going to be, oh, mom's on the phone. It's going to be like, oh, where's my chocolate bars and my crisp, Mom's on the phone. You're going to be like, whoa, you programmed yourself and your body's programmed your mind now to say. When my family calls. I I need something to pacify me, and that's what Doctor Dobby's saying as well. Exactly. Extend it off. Yeah, you you gotta, let, let it be the bridge. Your carrots and ranch. Hey, celery and some good peanut butter. Whatever you want to do for a little healthier snack, maybe it'll trigger your mind off not to remember all the you know chips and and the thing about this dr dobb i'm thinking we always go for like a feel good mechanism with high calories and high sugar and fat content is there some kind of connection between why we will kind of reach for something that's more on the quote bad side than it is us getting a big bowl of tomatoes or salad or or you know like i thought about that just now like is there something why we feel comforted with fats and sweets uh versus that from our emotions
1: Look, well, you know, I, I don't know how to answer that because I'm a psychologist, not a physician. <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, what Jessica needs to understand is the carrots are a bridge. They're not a substitute.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that just came in my mind. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, we can't give you. I could give you nutritional meals, but I can't give you nutritional guidance. But I thought about my head. I'm like, why is it to the point of where we get to? We want to be able to be around something that do with fats and sweets. But it's okay. So, Jessica, we hope that helps with that. And we have our wonderful. What is this, Neil? Hello, Neil, and you are calling from where we, well, I was just adding doctor knows about that. That's California, yay, California. Ooh, I wish I knew where it was California. Ask him where it is in California. Okay, so California. So Neil says, hello, RDC and Dr. Dobby. Hello, Neil. Um, hello, okay, Neil. Uh, yeah, 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 Neil, we, we love you. Okay, this says, Why aren't we, oh, why aren't we programmed to be taught this, to deal with life and emotions while we're in school and growing up? And can we still have a better impact as adults to deal with our emotions since we're really not taught by childhood? Okay.
1: Well, why our schools haven't done more of this, I don't know. Our schools tend to not be psychologically minded. They tend to focus on whatever the subject is they're, they're studying. And emotions are often very much understood, certainly in our culture. So why they're not more emphasized, I wish they were. That's why I wrote my two books. But having said that, Yes, as an adult, you can learn to change. Yeah. Think about this. Think about it this way. You know, the first time I got a cell phone, all I did was use it to answer calls, which is a waste of a cell phone. Yeah, it is. But having said that, now I use it for more things because I—it's just a tool. I learned how to use it. I don't have to call my kids on the phone and say, hey, come over and, and program my remote anymore because I learned how to do that. Ah. So if, if you understand that emotions are just tools, you very much can learn to do that. And you can learn from my books. That's fine. If you want to go out and buy the book, great. If, if you don't right now, go to my blog, um, theemotionsdoctor.com. The, there's a whole bunch of information there. and It's all free. And what you want to do is you want to go to the upper right-hand corner of the homepage where it's, there's an index tab, and you press on that index tab, it'll take you to a PDF, open that PDF up, and it'll give you all of my, my articles by title, by category, and by date. So you can learn to use your emotions as tools, and the information's there, and then you can teach others. But yes, you, know, you can, as an adult, learn to do that, and I fully recommend that you should. Yeah. And as far as the, the education system is concerned, I wish it would change, but who knows?
0: yeah maybe i mean maybe from the spark of everything happening it will it will is there anything that you want to add on uh just tell anybody before we kind of wrap up our show dr Dobby?
1: other than i think it's it's i've enjoyed the process i hope the answers that i had were were helpful i recommend that that people go to the blog my books are available on on amazon if they want to go that way that's also good um but start with the blog and If the information there doesn't help you, then go to the books and get the most out of that you can. Remember, most importantly, your emotions are just tools. They may hurt. They may be unclear to you what's going on. They're just tools. Once you understand the message of the tool, you then can learn how to use that emotion as a tool to make your life better in your relationships. Other than that, I think we pretty much covered it.
0: That was amazing though. I mean, like, I I don't see how anybody couldn't get more information from even going to the blog or going to the book itself because it makes me want to dive a lot deeper because these are things that we all have to deal with everyone every single time. And it's something that kind of gets yourself on track all the things that are happening and if you feel like that's something you need to do all their questions or whatever else is going on that is a great way to start and that is the emotionsdoctor.com and as well as dr dobby that's ed dobby okay that's doc over here i'm just saying he is out here you know making sure he can let people know emotions are a tool and we will have his personal dedicated page on the blog spot you can check out and all the things going on with that over at channel.blogspot.com. and we'll be transitioning that over as well to be on the shows and all the previous things going on to our new youtube channel so you can check out those links directly in the bio and just kind of get some info and see his books posted up on there with the links so you can just click right over if you don't want to go there yourself but you still could check that out on amazon right now um it has two books that are out so the two books that we have uh, going on here. Oh my god, I love it! It's so beautiful. Okay, so we have all the books to deal with the emotions as a tool, and as well as is it isn't it anger, right? The dealing with the anger.
1: It says beyond anger mastery. Yeah, or beyond anger management. Excuse me, beyond anger management. Master your anger as a strategic tool. And the first book, "Emotions as Tools," a self help guide to controlling your life, not your feelings. And they're both available on, on Amazon. You can go there and, and, and put those titles in, or you can look up Ed Dobby, D-A-U-B-E-P-H-D. I
0: love it. You see, you see how he said it was so much more streamlined than me? You not... <laughs> saw. I tried to, I was trying to say it. I'm like, I have the book image in my head because I can't wait to read it, but I could not get it down. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just, okay, I'm getting better. We're a work in progress. So Dr. Gabi, we all overly appreciate you. We're getting so much feedback now. Everyone's saying thank you in the chat. Um, or whatever that I call it chat Tony calls it the live But the live <laughs> Saying thank you so much For clarity And uh, again Everyone check out That beautiful Beautiful The Dot com Because we all need To get some That's something We have to do So remember to go to Real double dose channel At yandex.com With all your inquiries That we have had In the past And still present And that's at Y-A-N-D-E-X dot com And as well as Real double dose channel Dot dot com And your downloadable Episodes will be available When Tony gets that Itinerary a little bit more tight knit and he's rolling it out don't worry be patient and until then you still can check out what dr dobby has to offer and all the insights so thank you for being here with us thank you for sharing and clarifying with us and answering these wonderful questions from the new and other audiences and uh, we appreciate you very much dr dobby
1: my pleasure and let me just say that's t-h-e-e-m-o-t-i-o-n-s the emotions, doctor
0: yeah, yeah, you
1: emo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do that. The T H E E M O T I O N S Doctor D O C T O R dot calm come get some yes. <laughs> yes you know just in case because we know some people out there are like well, how this spell is there a certain way it's de-? you know everyone has their little punctuations and hyphenations now so you're right Dr. Tommy you're right you're right upon that so remember everyone to be the change feel the passion embrace the power of that spirit get some tools to work on yourself and better yourself and help your life out so you don't become the tool and start running your emotions as the tool as you please and move forward we love you you're amazing thank you for tuning. Too- tuning in and we'll be back with you very, very, very soon.